Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are thankful and grateful to be in your presence this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you are so mindful of us. We thank you, Father, for your covering that is upon us. We thank you, Lord, that in our going and our coming, you have protected us. You have kept us. Abba Father, tonight as we come, we ask God that you purify and sanctify us. Let us be worthy of your presence. We ask God that you speak to us. Let our hearts be like clay in your hand. Remove them, Lord. And let it be as pleases you. We thank you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord properly as you take your seats. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Wonderful. Lord, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord properly as you take your seats. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Wonderful. Well, it's good to see all of you. And um, I am happy to and very privileged to stand behind this pulpit to minister to such wonderful people of God. People that God gave his only begotten son for. You are the most important people in the entire world. Hallelujah. I say you are the most important people in the entire world. That the king of kings gave his son to die for you. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, tonight I want us to continue with a message that I began sharing with you just before I left. And how many of you remember that message? I think a lot of you do not remember. But before I left, I was talking to you about what it means to walk in love. Hallelujah. I was sharing with you what it means to walk in love. Amen. Amen. Do you remember? Or you don't remember? Wow, what a shock. I was sharing with you from my heart and you don't remember. Amen. What it means to walk in love. Hallelujah. And uh, I think I began sharing that uh, 
Whenever we talk about working in love our children, how we can love our mothers and how we can love our fathers, how we can love our friends. Isn't that so? You see, now that is a form of horizontal love. Do you see? That is a love that is horizontal. But uh, there is one great love that we have to have. There is a particular type of love that we must acquire or we must develop or we must have before we can even have this horizontal love. A form of horizontal love. Do you see? That is a love that is horizontal. But uh, there is one great love that we have to have. There is a particular type of love that we must acquire or we must develop or we must have before we can even have develop or we must have before we can even have this horizontal love. There is one great love that we ought to have before we can even begin to talk about loving our wives or loving our husbands or loving our children. Or loving our neighbors. Hallelujah. But most people make a lot of effort. Most people make a lot of effort to develop this horizontal love. Most people make all or they put all their strength in developing the love for God. It brings a lot of frustration. Hallelujah. And I was sharing with you how you find a husband Doing all he can to love a wife. Doing all you can. A husband working very hard and providing for the wife. Providing for the children. Buying everything that the wife needs. Making available a beautiful home. Buying a nice car for the wife to drive. Asking the wife even not to work. To stay home and let me take care of you. He says, all you need to do is just rise up. That is all you need to do. And the rest will be taken care of. (laughs) Hallelujah. Isn't that a nice husband? Amen. You see, and you will find even a man trying to do something like this. And you will still find that the wife is still not happy. I was sharing with you how that is you are trying to even celebrate your wife's birthday. And as it's your wife's birthday, you find yourself buying a nice card. Maybe you are at work and all that is on your mind all day. You see, all that is on your mind all day is how you are going to go home to make this woman happy. You see, so you buy a nice card. You buy a nice bouquet of flowers. You see, you go to an expensive store and buy a nice gift. You know, maybe a a beautiful necklace. You know, and then you ask them to wrap it for you. You know, and then you ask them to put it in a beautiful bag and make it nice. You intentionally tell them, it's my wife's birthday. Do you see? And then you make it really nice. And on your way, you pick up some nice dessert or, you know, some chocolate or something nice. Do you see? And then you bring it home. You bring it home. 
And then as you are coming, you feel you have done very well. You see, you feel good about yourself. You think tonight, <laughs> hallelujah. And you feel good. You see, as you are coming, you are whistling and you are happy, you know. And then you come home. And then you knock. You open the door. And voila. You see, the person is very happy and takes the flowers, takes the card, takes the gift. And he says, open it. And then, you know, she, she will wait. She will wait to open it later on. And as the person is talking, the person is also moving in front of you, you know, and shaking her head like this, you know, and shaking her head like this, and then waving her fingers, you know, and walking around you like that. So how was your day? You see, waving her hand in front of you, because today was her day, so she went to treat herself. Do you understand? Today was her day. So she went to treat herself. And then she's walking around you and shaking her head, dazzling her head, and you don't seem to do anything. All you think that you have done your best today and you have provided. And he says, so can't you see? Can't you see that the hair is new? Can't you see I have done my hair? Can't you see my nails? Can't you admire anything? Can you not see anything nice? What can I do to, you see, and then all the effort you made, flowers and cards and all these things, is nice things that you thought, you see, it goes down. Everything goes down. Hallelujah. Because you put in all your effort in making the person happy. But God does not want it to be like that. Hallelujah. I say God does not want it to be like that. Amen. So we have things the reverse. We cannot love anyone unless we have love for God. We cannot love anyone. Our love, in fact, our love for others is born out of our love for God. Amen. We read a scripture in 1st John. 1st John chapter 4 and verse 21. He says, and this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. If you love God, you love your brother also. Now when you reverse it, it means if you don't love God, you do not love your brother. Hallelujah. If you don't have the love of God in you, you cannot love your brother. Amen. If you don't love God, you do not love your brother. So we have the love for others. We have the love for God and the love for others all reversed. We have it totally reversed. And that does not seem to work for us. Hallelujah. That does not seem to work for anyone. That is why provision does not bring love. Making provision for your family does not make them feel love. Hallelujah. What is going to make them feel love is when you have the love of God in you. Hallelujah. Amen. So you find that a lot of people try to mimic what is love. You try to do and mimic the things that look like love. But you realize that it is not working. You realize that that does not work. Hallelujah. 
You try and try and try, but you realize it does not work. We read a scripture about a woman who made an effort to laugh. She made a lot of effort to laugh. And as much as she tried, it was not working until she had an encounter with Jesus. Why don't we read that scripture again? Let us read that scripture in John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 13. Seems you don't remember all the things that I shared with you. John chapter 4 and verse... Do you remember we read this scripture? John chapter 4 and verse 13. Did we read from verse 13? We read from verse 1. Wow. Okay, then let's read from verse 1. He says, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy me. Then saith the Samarian woman unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never test. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. You see, this is a woman who encountered Jesus. And Jesus asked of her to give me water to drink. You see, and quickly, you see, the woman, she's looking around for something. She came to fetch water. But she's a woman who really wants to be in a family. A woman who is making effort to have a stable life. A woman who is having effort to 
stabilize her family, have a husband, and live with the husband, have her children, you see, she will sit at the end of the table, her husband here, and her three children around them, and they will have dinner every night. This is the kind of life that she wanted. But she had gone through difficulties. And so even as she is coming to look for water, she is also looking for a potential husband. Someone who potentially can stay with her. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall test again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never test. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now this woman has been drinking certain type of water. You see, Jesus was trying to minister to her spiritually, but her mind was still on the well that she came to. But Jesus was trying to tell her that you have had multiple attempts in trying to love, but you have not been able because you don't have this particular love that comes from me in you. And the woman did not understand still. The woman said unto him, verse 15, Sir, give me this water that I test not, neither come thither to draw. He says, give me this water so that I will not test again and I will not have a need to come here to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband. She was not getting it. So Jesus now decided to break it down to her. She says, go and call your husband. And come here. And come and meet me. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For the one that you have. He says, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saith thou truly. He says, you have had five husbands. You have gone through five different men. And the one that you are even trying, trying now, the one that you are working on, is not going to be your husband. He is not your husband. He is not your husband. He too is going to go just like the other ones. Because the fundamental, the thing that you need to have in you in order for you to be able to maintain a husband, in order for you to be able to love, you don't have it. He says you don't have it. And when you don't have this, you cannot love anyone. When you don't have that love that is from me, you cannot love anyone. Jesus is saying, he says, says, the love that you have, it is that type of love that quenches. Offense come and it quenches that love that you have. It's deception. He said, they lie to you one or two, three, and then you are ready to pack and go. They make you angry. They say, oh, he cheated on you one, and then you are ready to go. The betrayals, it quenches that kind of love. But the love that I have, the love that I give you, when I give you that kind of love, it says that nothing can quench it. It says that love, when it is in you, it becomes like a well. When they try to quench it, when they try to dry it, 
it springs up again into everlasting life. It comes up again. It becomes alive again. It is that kind of love that will make you keep on going and loving and loving and loving. But this one that you are trying, you have gone through five of them and it's not working. But when I give you this love, when you find me in you, you will need just one and you will not come to drink again. You will not come to drink again. He says, for the love that I will give you, when you have the love of God in you, it will never be quenched by betrayals. It cannot be quenched by lies. It cannot be quenched by deception. It cannot be quenched because they lied and they cheated on you. It cannot be quenched. For that love, it springs up. It comes with forgiveness. It comes with kindness. When you are angry, that love comes. It has something called forgiveness. It comes over it and then it quenches that betrayal. It comes up again and then it quenches it. They try and they say, we're deceiving you. But this love, when it is in you, when it is in you, it is so easy to forgive. It is so easy to keep another man. It is so easy to maintain the same husband. It is so easy to keep that wife. When you have that love in you. But if you don't have that love in you. You go through different ones. You go through different ones. And none of them will work. Hallelujah. None of them will work. Amen. He says that kind of love. That kind of love. That love. This type of love. He describes it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This kind of love. First Corinthians chapter 13. You see, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. Charity means love. And I have not loved, and become an as sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and I give my body to be burned, and have not charity. It profited me nothing. That means that when I do everything for you, when I give you all my all, when I give you of myself, when I give you flowers, when I buy you a beautiful card, when I give you chocolate week by week, every evening when I'm coming home, I buy you a bouquet of flowers. When I give you all this and charity, the love of God, when I don't have love in me, it does not profit this relationship. It does not profit us anything. Beloved, if anyone wants to say, I love you, ask him, do you know God? Ask the person, do you know God? Because if he doesn't know God, then he does not know what he's talking about. If you don't know God, then you don't know what is love. Because the Bible says, God is love. God is love. And anyone that says, I love you, and he doesn't know God, the Bible calls him a liar. He is a liar. It means you don't know what you are even talking about. Hallelujah. He says, God is love. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? He says, charity suffereth long. This kind of love. You see, 
It's charity. You don't seem to understand what I'm talking. Let me give you another version so you will understand what I am trying to show you here. Verse 4. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not self-seeking. You have this car, so I should also drive that car. You send this money to your mother, so I should also send this money to my mother. You brought this thing to your brother, so I should also bring this thing to my sister. He says, this kind of love is not self-seeking. This kind of love is not self-seeking. He says, it is not easily angered. It is not a type that just packs his things and says, I am walking out. You see, when a man does not have this kind of loving, that is why we get surprises. That is why we find a man that is living with his wife and children for many years, suddenly you find that man, you come and that man has packed and is gone. Because he has met another woman. Oh yes. Because he has met another woman. That kind of love, that kind of love, it's not guaranteed. Amen. Amen. That kind of love is not guaranteed. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you this evening? He said, it suffered long. It suffered long. Hallelujah. It suffered long. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil by rejoices with the truth. He said love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. Amen. He says it always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Always preserves. That is the kind of love. It is the kind of love that protects you. It is the kind of love that you see a wife and a husband is at home and friends come. You say, you say, I've invited my friends to come and have dinner with us. And when they come, your, your wife has cooked and then the food, you all sit down and as you begin to eat, you taste it and then you look at the friends' faces and then you realize that the thing didn't go well. So you're checking their faces to see their expressions. Too much salt. Too much pepper. But this kind of love, he says, it protects. It protects. When you have that kind of love in you, it protects. But So you see, a man that has that kind of love in him, he takes the food, and then he takes extra salt, and then he put it on his, and then he takes extra pepper, and he's putting on his food. And then the friends look and say, he likes pepper, he likes salt. That is why the wife has a lot of pepper and a lot of salt. He says, that kind of love, it protects. That kind of love, it protects. It protects. Hallelujah. That is the kind of love. It protects. Amen. It protects. And so, you see, you put your wife in a place. It is that kind of love. You place your wife in a certain place. 
They say it is not the woman's fault. This man lies too. So you take the blame upon yourself. It is that kind of when that love is in you, it protects you. It protects you. Hallelujah. It protects you from relatives. It protects you. When your relatives come around and they, they, your wife, your, 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 your mother-in-law says, make me some tea. And then you make the tea and then you say, is that how you make tea for my son? Is this how you be making tea for my son? It is that kind of love that you come and say, mom, this is the best tea that you can taste. In my house, you're going to have the best of tea. I can guarantee you, my wife is one of the women that makes the best tea that you can ever taste in this world. It is that kind of love. It protects. It protects. I say it protects you. That is the kind of love that you want. Hallelujah. When you have this love, you will keep a wife going. When you have this kind of love, you keep a husband going. You don't need to go through five times. You don't need to go through five of them. But when you don't have this love, your friends come and then you are angry and you say, you have embarrassed me in front of my friends. How could you cook like that? Get out of here. I don't need you anymore. I am going for another one. But that is not a kind of love. That kind of love, it protects. It says it protects. Amen. It protects. Hallelujah. It protects. Amen. Am I speaking to somebody this evening? It says love. It says love does not rejoice in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes, always preserves, perseveres. He says, verse 8, he says, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, that, is, that which is in part will disappear. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away of childhood behavior. For now, we see, now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain. It says, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. The greatest of these is love. It says, you can have a lot of hope in a man. You can have a lot of faith in a person. You can have all your hope that he's going to stay. You can have all your faith in him that this is forever. This relationship is forever. You can have all hope and all faith. But the greatest of all, it is love. What is going to guarantee that he will stay is not the faith that you have in him. The greatest of all is love. Hallelujah. Since the greatest of all is love. Amen. So we read a scripture, another scripture in Luke. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. Is that correct? Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. 
He says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Hallelujah. Now, how many of you agree that this is not an unreasonable request? You know, this is not an unreasonable request. And by reasoning, you can say to Mary, Mary, get up and help your sister. Mary, you are being lazy. Get up and help your sister. Mary, look at your, your sister. Her eyes are burning with onions. The pepper is going in her nose. He's, she's sneezing nonstop. Why don't you go and give her a hand? Amen. Isn't that what we would expect Jesus to say? You see, a lot of us do a lot of things for the Lord. We do so many things for the Lord. We get tired for the Lord. We go, we go, we go off our tracks for the Lord. A lot of you here are tired. You're coming from work on a Tuesday evening and you are here for the Lord. A lot of us sing for the Lord. Playing drums and getting tired and sweaty for the Lord. Preaching for the Lord. Standing, sitting all night to wait on the Lord to get a word to share with his people. For the Lord. Hallelujah. And you see, we feel that we are doing certain things. We feel that we are doing so much for the Lord. And sometimes we look around and see how people are sitting and it is just us. Rolling the carpet bringing the instruments, sparking them, doing this. We are the only ones that come to pray. We are the only ones that come to rehearse. And we are the only ones. And we see people sitting down and not doing anything. And sometimes that can frustrate us. Hallelujah. And we can point, can't you see that these people are working hard? Why don't you give them a hand? So this is what we would have expected Jesus to say to Mary. But listen to what the Lord said. He says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needful. Or indeed, only one. He says, few things are needful. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Hallelujah. He says, Mary has chosen that thing and it will not be taken away from her. There are so many things that you can do that can be taken away from you. There are so many things. You can be a pastor of this church and the next day they will say, you are not a pastor of this church anymore. You are transferred. Come and sit down and be an assistant to another pastor. You may be the choir leader and then we say, you are not a choir leader anymore. Now we want you to go to Sunday school and teach the children. Hallelujah. You will be the praise and worship leader. And we say we are not the praise and worship leader anymore. Now we want you to go back and do projection. Go and help with the, um, the sound. Go and join the technical team. Hallelujah. And then you feel, I have a voice to sing. 
I have a voice to sing, not to sit down and look at people singing. Why do you take away that thing? Why do you take away my, 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 my joy, the joy of singing to the Lord? The joy of singing to the Lord. Now, how many people have seen certain people taken away from their position or whatever they are doing and they are not happy? You see? And Jesus is saying, he says, they can take all these things from you. They can take your work from you. They can take this singing from you. They can take this preaching from you. They they can take away from you the ability to sit and play. You see, when instrumentalists, especially when they play the bites, you see how they stand and they play sometimes. They like it. They enjoy it. You see, and they can take all these things from you. They can take this work from you. They can take everything from you. But one thing that they cannot take from you is the love of God. That nobody can take from you. Hallelujah. It says, Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. No one can take that from her. And I tell you, when you have love for God, when you have that love for God, it becomes so easy to serve. It becomes so easy to serve. You don't fast about who is helping and who is not helping. You don't care about burning your eyes when you have love for God. You don't care about being tired when you have love for God. You don't care about the service is long when you have love for God. You don't care. And Jesus is saying, when you have that, no one can take that from you. And he says, Mary has chosen that. And no one can take that from you. They can take from you the ability to even cook for Jesus. And it should not trouble you when you have the love for God. Amen. Amen. They can take from you the ability to serve this person or that person. And that should not trouble you. Because one thing that no one can take from you is your love for God. That nothing can change. Nothing can take it from you. Hallelujah. And so you see, when that love of God is in you, no matter where they place you, you find yourself shining. When the love of God is in you, if they take you from playing the instrument to projecting, you find yourself shining because there is that love of God in you. When the love of God is in you, they can take that preaching. They say, you are not a pastor anymore. Now you are the assistant pastor to this minister. Go and sit down. You find yourself shining in that position because the love of God, no one can take from you. No one can take from you. Amen. No one can take from you. Hallelujah. Let us read a scripture in Matthew. Or let us read it from Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. And verse 28. Mark chapter 12 and verse 28. Am I speaking to somebody tonight? Mark chapter 12 and verse number 28. It says, And one of the scribes came and having heard from reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, 
the first of all the commandment is hear O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength he says this is the first commandment this is the first commandment you see this is the first commandment and we cannot reverse it we cannot make any attempt in loving people when we have not fulfilled this first commandment he says this is the first commandment and then he lists another one he says there's a second one which is like it namely this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself there is none other commandment greater than this hallelujah he says there is none other command now jesus is saying this is the first commandment that we love god with all our hearts we love god with all our heart so anyone that comes to you and says i love you with all my heart it's impossible it is not true. No one can love you with all their heart. It is not scriptural. It's not scriptural. So anyone that tells you, I love you with all my heart, you say that is not scriptural. It, the only person that you can love with all your heart is God. The only person that you can love with all your heart is God. And He does not, you see. I didn't see God saying, love me with most of your heart. He says, love me with all your heart. Love me with all your heart. Now, we have to make every effort to love God with all our heart. Not reserve any part of it for your husband or for your wife. Not reserve any part of it for your children. Not reserve any part of it for your boss, for your job. For your mother, for your father, not reserve any part of it for anyone. He says, love me with all your heart. Love me with all your heart. And you, when you make that effort in loving God with all your heart, everyone else that is around you will feel love. Everyone else that is around you will feel love. You see, where there is God, there is love. Where there is God, if you fill your heart with God, you fill your heart with love. And everyone that is around you experiences love. Your children will experience love. Your wife will experience love. Your mother will experience love. Your brothers will experience love. That is why you make every effort in loving God. And those of you, even when you try to do that, some of you who try to do that, such as you sitting here tonight, making effort to love God, making effort to love God. Oftentimes you hear people saying, it's too much of church. It is church, church, church too much. We are all Christians. Are you the only ones who are going to heaven? Are you the only ones who want to go to heaven? It is too much church, too much church. Or sometimes they say, you give too much to the church. You give too much to the church. Everything is about the church. Everything, I'm going to church. Today I'm in church. All day you are in church. What are you doing in church? 
What are you doing all day that you could not have done in two hours? Have you heard that before? Oh, yes. I've heard that many times. I've heard that many times. Sometimes you go to work and then you are telling people, you say, how was your day? Oh, I was in church all day, all day Sunday I was in church. And then wonder, what, are, what, were, what, were, what were you doing? What were you doing? The other day I was sharing with my friend and I said, um, we, um, we, we have, he's asking me about church and I'm telling, we have all night prayer meeting. He says, all night, what does that mean? And I said, we come and then we are praying the whole night. He said, what, what are you talking about? What, 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 what are you talking about? What, what, do you, what do you talk about all night? Praying all night. They don't understand. Yes, your doctor asks you the same thing. Yeah. What are you talking? What are you, what, 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 what is it that you couldn't have told them in five minutes? That all night you are talking. But you see, when we love someone, when we love someone, when we have love for someone, when I say I love you, I call you on the phone. And I can speak with you all night. And I will not get tired. I can speak with you and speak with you until my phone is dying. And then I take a charger and I plug my phone. And I move my pillow and a blanket closer to the power source. And I connect. You see, am I, am I speaking to somebody right now? And I connect, I connect the power source directly and we can be talking and talking and talking and talking and talking all night until one falls asleep. And sometimes you say, hang up. You say, you hang up. You say, hang up. No, you hang up. Hang up. Oh, you hang up first. Okay, good night. Good night. I love you. I love you too. Okay, now hang up. No, you hang up. Ah, and then you talk, she has hung up. So you are still on the phone. Ah, you didn't hang up. But you also, you didn't hang up. And you can go on and on and on and on and on. And, and, and until 5 a.m. And then you are waking up to go to work at 7 o'clock. You have to be at work at 7 o'clock. And you see, and you see, and that when you, when you, when you tell somebody that I was on the phone all night with my beloved. I was on the phone all, my husband has traveled and we were on the phone all night. It's understandable. It's understandable. But they complain and they complain and they complain. Why are you in church all night? Why are you in church all day? Why do you have to go to church on Sunday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Friday? What are you looking for from God? You see? And you see, they don't know, for instance, your family members. They don't even understand. They don't know. You see, and they look at you and amongst, amongst your siblings, amongst the family members, amongst all of them, you seem to be the only one that everyone gravitates towards. You seem to be the one that, when there's confusion, you are the one that brings them all together. You seem to be the one that they run to when they are in trouble. You seem to be the one that brings everyone together. 
Because there is something that has been in you. There is the love of God that has been in you. That seems to center everything together. And so he says, you don't worry about their complaints. Let them complain. You just love me. Love me. Do all you can. He says, love me with all your heart. Love me with all your heart. Hallelujah. And you find them gravitating towards you. You find that they call you the peacemaker. Some of you, they call you, they call you Osofo. Meaning pastor or lady pastor. Hallelujah. You are the one that they come to when they are in trouble. It is because of that God that is in you. It is because of the love that has built in you. Hallelujah. So he says, spend all your time loving me. All of your heart. Let your heart love me. Hallelujah. And then he says, and love me with all thy soul. Love me with all thy soul. Now your soul talks about your emotions. Your soul talks about your your ability to cry. God says, love me with all your soul. You should be able to cry in the presence of God. Hallelujah. You should be able to sing and shout in the presence of God. And not be embarrassed. Hallelujah. Some of you ladies, you, when, you are, when, you are, when you are ministering, you are worshiping and you see, you feel the love and it goes inside you and you see that the tears start coming. You see the tears is coming and then you realize it's going to mess your makeup. You know, you, you, you realize that it's going to mess your makeup and then you don't let the tear come, you go like this. You, 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 are, you, are, you are catching the tear before it comes down. You don't want to mess your makeup for the love of God. Your makeup is replaced. But he says, love me with all your soul. Love me with all your soul. Don't reserve anything. Hallelujah. Don't reserve anything. That is why you were born without makeup. That's why he reminds you, says, naked you came. So love me just the way you are. Let your makeup wrap off. Let your makeup wrap off. Amen. Don't, don't worry. He says, love, love me with all your soul, your emotions. It's okay to cry. It's okay to shout. You know, there was a, one time I went to visit someone and then he said, um, I don't like this type of churches because they shout too much. He says they shout too much. <laughs> I said, is that the reason why you don't like our church? He says they shout too much. And I said, it's okay for us to shout. He says, no, 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 no. You have to have respect for God. Why well, you come to church and shouting and all this messy grace, hey, shouting and all these kind of things. He says, that is why I don't like this type of churches. But don't lose this scripture. Let me just show you something in Psalm 47, verse 1. Psalm 47, verse 1. Hallelujah. Look at that. It says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Are we reading the Bible? 
He says, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. That is why we shout. We are not crazy. This is why we shout. Amen. God wants us to love him with all our emotions. Hallelujah. God wants us to shout. God wants us to clap. It is okay to scream. Yes. Amen. In fact, in fact, you see, there, there comes a time in a Christian walk, as you are walking with the Lord, as the Lord is leading you, as you are looking for a breakthrough, as you are praying, and you are praying, and you are praying, and you are praying, it comes a time that God wants you to stop the praying. And he says, you just go around, just pray. And go around and pray. And go around and pray. And go around and pray. The Bible says that when the Lord was leading his people. And they came to the walls of Jericho. He told them just go around. Just go around. Just go around. Just go around. But on the seventh day. On the seventh day. Let all the prayers stop. Let all the singing stop. All I want you to do on the seventh day. Is just to shout. And sometimes, sometimes, it is the shouting that brings down the wall of the enemy. It is the shouting that will break down the walls of the enemy. Hallelujah. If you are a Christian, don't be afraid to shout. It is part of the warfare also. Hallelujah. I say it is part of the warfare. You need to shout to break down the walls of the enemy. Hallelujah. Sometimes if you are talking, you are, you are struggling with your husband. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. You are prayed about it and prayed and prayed and prayed. He doesn't listen. One day when he's home, just go around him. Just shout Go around him. Shout him. That will break him. I said it will break him. He will think you are crazy, but it will break him. He will think you are mad, but it will break him. Sometimes it takes shouting. Sometimes it takes shouting. You go around him. He says, what are you doing? He says, Amen. Serve the Lord. Worship the Lord with your emotions. Worship him with your emotions. Hallelujah. Worship him with your emotions. Amen. Worship God with your emotions. Clap, jump, dance. You know, sometimes you see some of the women, even they are dressed. They are worn some dress. They can't even lift their hands. You see, don't wear anything that will restrict you from serving the Lord. Amen. Dress that you can be free. You are, you are wearing a white, a white, a white pair of pants. So you can kneel down for the Lord. Because your pants will get dirty. Oh. Amen. 
And sometimes when you do that, even people don't understand you. They say, ah, this small worshipping that you are worshipping, you are on the floor, you are this, you are that. Leave me to serve the Lord. Leave me to worship my God with all of my emotions. Let me be free and worship my God. Let me be free and worship my God. You see, sometimes when we are worshipping and some people are dancing, you don't know what the Lord has done for somebody. You see somebody dancing, you see, you don't even know how to dance, but oh, just make some moves for the Lord. Throw your legs, shout, throw your hands. Just for the Lord. Yes. You see, but it's in the church that we find people very diplomatic. It's in the church that you find people, they don't even want to move. Clap, clap your hands, clap your hands for the Lord. Clap your hands. Yes. Sometimes we are worshiping and then you find some people standing there. What, 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 what is that? What is that? You see, you you watch a lot of times people who are who, who are like that. You see, they don't. They are not even affected. They are not affected. They are not affected. When people are like that, you see people. You see, they say, "I feel the move of the spirit." They, they are looking. Where? 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 You see, you see, you don't understand. You don't understand. You see, this I feel the presence of the spirit. And then you see people are crying and people are lying down and people are singing and shouting. And then you are looking around. What do they feel? Then you just turn around and just keep going. Amen. Say, serve the Lord with all your soul. Hallelujah. Love God with all your soul. Love God with all your soul. Amen. Love God with all your soul. Leave us to serve our God. Leave us to serve our God. Amen. And then he says, with all thy mind, with all thy mind, with all thy mind. That means every moment, what is on your mind? Is God on your mind every time? Is it God that is on your mind every time? Look, when you really love someone, that person is on your mind all the time. True or not true? Hey, no, true or not true? Is it true? Oh, you know what? Is it true? Tell me. Is it true? Is it true or not true? Is it true? My wife says it's true, so it's true. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yes. With all your mind. On Sunday, I was at the airport. I was at the airport and um, I was just waiting for my flight. And as I was sitting, I saw, I, I saw this young man. Their flight, had, they had checked them in. And he was on the line, about three or four people to, I, actually I was standing a little further down the hall. And then 
I saw him running. He turned around, running. And in fact, I was panicked. I said, ah, you know, because all the things that are happening, you see, what is this? (laughs) I saw the man running, quickly, 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 running. And then I saw he went and then he caught up with this young woman and then she touched, he touched her and he turned around and he just kissed her and then he ran back again. The woman had just seen him off and he's just about to board the plane. But he wanted a last minute kiss before he bought the plane. So the man was running. I said, this is love the Lord. If we can love the Lord with all our strength. In fact, and then when he finished, he ran quickly. And then he came to enter the plane. I see he felt very good about himself. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I think um, our time is up and I need to pause here. Let us pause here as I have promised you. Because if I begin this, we will not finish. So, um, let us pause here and we continue next time that we meet. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord as you stand onto your feet. Stand onto your feet. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Love the Lord with all your heart. With all your mind. With all that you are. Let it go into loving God. Let it go into loving God. Let it go into loving God. Oh, yes. Desire, desire that you love God with all of your heart. With everything that you are. With all of your emotions. Let it go into loving God. With all of your strength. Let it go into loving God. All that you are. All that you are. Yes. Oh yes. He says, he that loveth not, knoweth not God. Anyone that loves, knows God. Yes. He says, for God is love. He that loveth not, knoweth not God. Because God is love. God is love. You cannot love a person until you love God. You cannot love your wife if you do not love God. You cannot love your beloved if you do not love God. Sing the more I seek you Yes. Oh, the more I seek you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Lord, direct our hearts. Direct our hearts into loving you. And the more our hearts go into loving you. Let our heart go into loving you. The more I find you, the more I love you more. Oh, Jesus. Give us that fountain of love. Let a fountain of love be in us. You say, any man that drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But if you will drink of the water that I shall give you, you shall not thirst again. For that water that I shall give you, it shall be in you like a well of water springing forth into everlasting life. It shall spring forth. That love shall spring forth.
everlasting life. Yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's more than I can stand alone. I dance with your peace. It's overwhelming. certain people. Father, sometimes behavior, lies, deception, it quenches our love. But it's because we don't have the fountain of love in us. Tonight, give us the fountain of love that never runs dry. Give us the fountain of love that never runs dry. The love that is relentlessly forgiving. The love that endures suffering. Give us that heart, oh God. Give us that heart. We thank you, 
If there's anyone here tonight, you don't know of this love that I'm talking about. It is Jesus Christ. When he comes to you, he perfects all things. He makes all things perfect. When he comes in you, there are certain things that you cannot do. He says that when he comes in you, the things which are impossible with men, with him, they become possible. Tonight, if you don't have this Jesus in your life, if you were to die tonight, you don't even know where you are going. But Jesus is here to save you. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. Oh, that same Jesus who was and who is and who is to come. He's here tonight to save you. If you are here tonight, you say, I want to give my life to this Jesus. I want him to save me. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you tonight, you want to invite Jesus Christ into your life. You want to be saved. You want to be born again. If that is you, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Maybe you feel very far. You were once born again. You gave your life to Jesus once. But tonight you feel that your heart is very far from Jesus. He says that he's still here to welcome you. If that is you also, you can lift up your hand and I'll say a short prayer with you. You say, I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to invite Jesus into my life. Is anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and say this after me? Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I am a sinner. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge my sins. I acknowledge my sins. Please forgive me of my Please sins. Me of my I believe sins. you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose up again on the third day. Lord Jesus, cleanse me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. Tonight, I invite you into my life. Take control of my life. Take control of my heart. Lord Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my Master. From tonight, I want to serve you. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you clap for Jesus? We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.